You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. seriously lucky to have so many amazing women in my life. And Valerie is really no exception. She's a life coach who works specifically with entrepreneurial women and moms and really helping them get the life that they want. So if that's you and you want to know more about life coaching and how she works and how it can work for you, definitely kick back take a seat, put those heels up and take a listen. Hey guys, I'm so happy to welcome my friend Valerie to the show today. Hi Valerie. How are you? Hey, good. So um, I love our conversations and we've already had a fun one, (laughs) but now that everybody else is here, uh, tell us who you are and what you do. So I am a certified life coach and founder of The Unlimited Mom, which is really about, it's a movement about helping moms who want to make a difference in the world, who find themselves getting in their own way, know that they're, they've got limits, but they don't know what they are. They don't know where they're stopping themselves and help them unlock the mindset so that their hustle can actually flow and they can create and make that difference both for their family and for the world. I love that. What a deep, heavy, amazing, awesome thing, because there's so many women out there. We were just having this conversation that like, just can't get out of their own way to live their most amazing life. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's, and, and and I think that's true for everybody. Like we all have places where we stop, where we don't, it, it's impossible to see the label on the box that you're in. And yeah. so we, we box ourselves in and it's not intentional. It's just the subconscious filter that creates over years of other people, family, friends, society, so it's basically, you know, we, we all have this filter that gets impacted by um, everything in our life, that our successes, our perceived failures, and family, friends, the people around us, society. I was just talking with um, a client about there's a, there's a thing that we've created around what's valuable in our society and what we give, like what gets rewarded, what gets acknowledged, what gets um, accolades, and it's this hard work that, you know, you have to fit yourself into this box. You have to do certain things in order to be financially successful. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very constricting as to what is available to you for what you can do. And we, we basically, it's like, you can't actually create your own life and your own rules if you're trapped in that kind of box. Mm, this is so true. And it's so funny because I just recorded a podcast right before you where we, t- we talked about really like, you know, putting fear aside and doing what you really love to do mm-hmm. and how, you know, the money part of it is scary and it, it creates so much of the fear. And I think, you know, so, so the reason I say that I, I spoke about it in another podcast is because it's real, right? Like this is, this is something that comes up again and again, living with the fear and the success and what are all these measures that we're, you, you know, we're, we're so, we're such numbers people, right? Like, did I hit my goals and am I doing the right thing? And I, you know, but I think, and, and you, and you could, this is your experience as women, there's even more pressure and as moms, because we're so busy taking care of everybody else, 
We're so worried about providing for everybody else, taking care of ourselves. And I'm not saying that men don't have this pressure, but I can't speak for it. I can only speak, you know, as a mom and a woman. Um, we put these heavy expectations on ourselves as well. So is this is this what like we're feeling? Is it real or is it something we're just sort of creating or is it societal? What's your experience in that? So it's, it's totally real. And I actually just came across this amazing, it, kind of a, like a cartoon called The Mental Load. And she articulates it so well about what's going on for us of, you know, when you, you take on a job, uh, in a, in a corporate field, you have this, it's very focused and it, you don't get distracted in all of these other things. It's like, you're either a project manager or you're working it. Whereas when you're a mom and especially a working mom, you are expected to be both the project manager at work and at home Mm -hmm. of all of the things, as well as do all of the things. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to ask for help, which means that, that you're project managing as well. There's a lot of expectation. And so there are things you can do for yourself, but there's also this societal aspect that you have to be aware of and pay attention to. Mm. Um, So it's definitely a real thing because our brains only hold so much. So I have two personal examples of this. And one is that when, um, when I was, I first became a mom, I was really struggling, had Mm -hmm. a very hard time. And I felt like I was failing at everything. Like I could not get my stuff together. Right. And my husband was working these long hours. He was working in theater production and he'd come home and be like, well, you know, my, my boss is like a baby and like he, he has these tantrums and like, I'm working the same hours that you are like getting up at the same time, going to bed at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I got so mad at him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not the same at all. You get to focus on one thing, mm-hmm. one thing. And I am being pulled in a million different directions all at once, expected to hold all of the things all of the time. Mm-hmm. And with the amount of of shoulds that we have that we pick up of like what what is the role I call them the role rules mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of hard to say like every role that we have we have certain rules and are you creating the rules most of us aren't most of us are we have these subconscious rules of what it looks like to be a good mom what it looks like to be a good wife what it looks like to be a good entrepreneur what it looks like to be a good worker what it, you know like all of these things that we we that create the box that we exist in um And so when we have these rules that we have owned, instead of recognizing them as being outside of ourselves, then we're at the mercy of those roles. We are Mm -hmm. subjected to them and we have little power. And so of course we live in survival mode during the times that that's how we're experiencing life. So I also did, um, I live in Chicago and the Museum of Science and Indi- no, yeah, it's the Museum of Science and Industry has this um, mind ball table. Mm-hmm. And I, if anybody who's ever done this, basically you put on this headband that's got electrodes on it, and there's a little like ping pong ball in the center. You put this, this uh, thing on, and you sit across from the other one other person who also wears one. Mm-hmm. And whoever is able to calm their brain enough, 
Like the, the calmer your brain, the more the ball will move away from you. Mm. So it's kind of like a game. If you're trying to push the ball away, it will come towards you. So you just have to like really relax your, your brain and it measures like whatever waves it is that, that you create there. So we were there with some family members who said they would watch our kids. And we have a four and seven year old. I think mm-hmm. you're younger at this point, but they were like, oh, we'll watch him. You, you and your husband do this. Okay. Well, they're still walking around. The boys are loose. <laughs> right. But I'm thinking I meditate. Like I do all of this mindful stuff. Like I'm totally going to whoop my husband. Like he, he is not, he's way more stressed than I am. Like all of these things we sit down. I think I've got this. I go like, okay, I'm going to relax. And the ball comes right for me. Of course. (laughs) What the heck? Why is this happening? Like I'm, I'm so Zen, you know, (laughs) like, and then we decide we do it again when my kids are at this other um, station and they're actually kind of enclosed. Like there are only two exits and they're flanked by the two family members that were there with us. So they could not escape like by themselves. They're not just running loose. They're, they're contained. Mm -hmm. We do the game again and it goes right to my husband. And that really showed me how much of my brain Mm -hmm. is focused when my kids are around on making sure they're okay. Yeah. And it's not conscious at all. Yeah. You know, it's, I saw this cartoon once um, that I might've even mentioned it another time, but it was like, um, there was a banana peel on the counter. Mm-hmm. And so it looks at it and says, Oh, banana peel. That was a good banana. You know, like, mm-hmm. and the woman looks at it and is like a banana peel. I don't understand. Why is there a banana peel on the counter? It's such a mess. What they think I'm the maid and I'm cleaning up and you know what? We need more bananas. We don't have enough bananas. Yes. And did I go to the store? Did I pay the bill? Did I, you know, like you start, it, it becomes like the whole thing. And I told this to my husband, <coughs> excuse me, one day I said to him, do you understand that when you, when you banana peel on the counter, counter you get a banana peel, my, my whole falls apart <laughs> when I see the banana peel, you know, mm-hmm. because now I'm, I'm, I'm going through everything that the banana peel triggers me. Yes. To think about. Um, and it's, it, I think that this is a very hard concept because I don't want to make it sound like men are just like, oh, single-minded, you know, oh, we don't think about things. My husband, I'm sure, thinks about things too. We just see things in such a different way and certain things trigger us a different way. So you talk a lot about, about like uh, entrepreneurial moms breaking through their self-defeating patterns. This is one of them, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it comes into, there are two, there are two components with that kind of situation. One is the self component of the fact that your brain is going there and what do you do about that? So what do we do about that swirl of thought that occurs and and how do we utilize that? Okay, so the other part is communication and having conversations with the people, especially your spouse, around supporting each other, recognizing that you may have different values and as well as different triggers and working together, which requires being able to have a conversation rather than a confrontation. A lot of people avoid confrontation, so they just do it all instead of asking for help because it feels like a confrontation. So changing, and also because 
when they think to have the conversation, because that you know, doing all the other things, like there's no time. And then when you think of having that conversation, you may be triggered. And then of course it's gonna feel like a confrontation because you're upset about it. So right. um how to have a, a space for those conversations. Um so when I work with someone, the self-defeating patterns definitely tie to the way that we think mm-hmm. and the way we perceive the world. It's learning who you want to be versus who you're being. A lot of times we trap ourselves in this, well, I'm a logical person. And thus, you know, it, it's so frustrating when I get really emotional because you're not supposed to be emotional and I'm not supposed to be emotional because I'm logical and I'm smart and smart people don't get derailed by this sort of thing. And so like, this is where we get a lot of judgment around who we are being, even though that's not actually necessarily in resonance with who we really are. And so how do you recognize that person, embrace that person, and then start creating the rules that you want to live by and communicating that with the people around you through actual conversation as well as setting boundaries. And you that was, It's funny that can be my next question. Do you work with women on identifying and setting boundaries in their lives? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, the thing is, it's really hard to set boundaries when you don't have a self-definition mm. or a self-definition that is not resonating with you. So like, if you don't know who you are and you're not connected to what your values are and you are pleasing other people, you know, trying to be helpful, trying to fix other people and getting caught up in getting wins for other people all the time. That's where the boundaries get lost because you're being defined by other people. Mm -hmm. Boundaries are how we teach the world who we are. So if you don't know who you are, you can't actually set healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. And when you have that disconnect, excuse me, when you have that disconnect, not knowing who you are, and then people aren't treating you in the way that you want to be treated. And then it just feels very yucky for the lack of a professional term. You end up feeling taken advantage of and, and, you know, steamrolled. And, and at least that's been my experience. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We go into survival mode mm-hmm. and we're just getting by and, uh, we, we become reactive yeah, to I mean, no. the things around us. It's so funny you say that because I will admit that I've had moments in my life where I'm living in the just get by for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I, I, and yeah, I know, I know I am because I am reactive. I am feisty. <laughs> but the thing is, I think that being feisty or being reactive isn't always a bad thing. But when you, when you do it and then it happens and you go, oh, that's not how I want to be in the space right now. Like I, I'm just blowing up or I'm just being snarky or you know, quick-witted answers. It's not how I want to show up. Mm -hmm. It just, it feels like you're out of alignment and it screws everything in your life. Yes. And what often happens with that is people beat themselves up over it. Uh, Yeah. What it is, is information. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it happened, you know, you can't change the past. So what are you going to do with that information? How do you handle the emotions that occur? And what do you do with the information? Because emotions are information about you not about the situation or about other people. They're information about how you're experiencing what's going on around you. Mm -hmm. So when you can recognize that and own it, then you have your power back. Mm -hmm. Which is hard to do in the moment. Oh yeah, for sure. But, and that's why I, I point out like, it's not, like you said, it's not 
actually bad to go into survival mode. It's, it's a normal thing to happen. And so the question is, what am I thinking? What's happening for me that I am feeling the need to protect myself? Mm-hmm. How am I interpreting this situation in such a way that I feel the need to protect myself? And how true is that? Because sometimes it is true and you do need to protect yourself. If there's a burglar at the door, you want your dog to bark like crazy. Mm. If your friend comes to visit, you don't really necessarily want your dog. I mean, it's not necessary, right? So it's the question is how often are you in survival mode and how consciously are you using that kind of energy? And, you know, if it's, I'm in it all the time, that's where you actually break yourself down. Yeah, that's, that's really such a good point. I talk about actually in my book, even about like asking yourself when you're feeling emotions, is this true right now? You know, cause we <clears throat> like fear, for example, mm-hmm. will feel fear. And I, for me personally, I have to stop and say, okay, is this a fear? And what I afraid of, because like you say, if it's something that's putting me in danger, great, fear is serving a purpose. But if it's something that's not really putting me in danger, I need to have a conversation with myself and say, okay, this is not real. Feel it, have your three seconds and then get rid of it because this fear is not benefiting me in any way and I need to let it go. Yes, absolutely. Well, so I'm a big fan of having a conversation with fear uh, or you know, particularly with your inner critic. Uh, because our inner critic was created to protect us. Mm-hmm. At some point in our life, we didn't feel like someone was protecting us and we needed protection. And so we create this inner critic to keep us safe, to remind us of the rule of, you know, I'm, I'm not really capable, so I should not put myself out there. Mm-hmm. And so the inner critic jumps out like a guard dog anytime you challenge that boundary. You start to set your own rules or you start to push. So I have a client right now who I'm working with who um, is really stepping into the entrepreneurial space and struggling with an inner critic message that's, I'm not disciplined enough. Mm. And that's why I'm failing. The thing is though, that she doesn't want to live by the same rules that she lived by in corporate box that she was in. She's fighting against the rules of of, all of these gurus in um, the entrepreneurial world that tell you, well, this is the way to do it. But then this person says, well, no, this is the way to do it. Oh, I've got your 10 steps to success. And like all of these rules that are pulling at her and the the overall limiting belief of society that you have to do it this way. You have to work hard and sacrifice yourself in order to make good money. Um, You can't actually be yourself and make good money, you know, like that you can't enjoy your life and make good money. So she's fighting against all of these rules and that is, but then, but then she's believing them, you know, subconsciously she's trying to, to take action that's not that, but then when it's not working because she's fighting herself, she is believing, well, I'm not, I just, I guess I'm just not disciplined enough. And mm-hmm. so it's being able to take that step and go, okay, so what is this, what is this story is this? saying? Why, why, where is this coming from? Well, it's coming from the fact that I did something that didn't have an obvious initial result. Uh, I, I did, I watched a TV show and I should have been reading a business book. You know, I should have been doing these other things instead of recognizing the value 
in pulling in and taking a break. Um, there's, there's so much more to it than that, but when you can have a conversation, okay, so why are you telling me this message? Mm -hmm. What, what is, what is the purpose of this? message. Well, it's to keep you safe from doing this thing that you were, you were about to go on Facebook live and nobody actually likes you. So you really shouldn't do that. And it's like, well, how true is that? Right. That's not true. Okay. So if that's not true, what would be a more helpful thing to tell me? (laughs) Right. And actually teach it something new. You know, like when a kid is learning new words when you've got a baby and the baby only knows to say mama. So calls daddy mama and calls auntie mama and sister mama, like everybody's mama. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the only word that that baby knows. Well, that's the way your inner critic is. Your inner critic knows one phrase. It knows this phrase of you're not enough, some version of you're not enough. Mm-hmm. And so you have to teach it a new phrase. Right. Why, why do you think that our mind the default, the default setting of our mind tends to be that, that you're not enough and you're not, you know, it it just seems so counterproductive to me. I never really, and you might not have an answer for it. I just, it just, um, always baffled me that it's just like the default mode is always the negative talk, the, the, uh, the self-hatred, all of that. And I'm like, I don't get that. It just seems like it should be the opposite, but it's not. So, some of it has to do with biology and survival. Being able to go, if you perceive a stressor, and again, this is about perception, but if you perceive a stressor, then it's normal to go into a fight or flight response. That's biologically important for you to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. The issue that happens is, what you label a stressor mm-hmm. and the way, and then also the way you label stress. Stress can be helpful sometimes, you know, like if you are somebody who works really well with a deadline, that's me. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so that can be helpful. It's not something you want to stay in all the time, but to, to intentionally set that space so that you get that push to get something done. Mm-hmm. It can be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you label it as bad, then you're fighting yourself as you're wanting to use something that actually serves you. Right. And so it's it's a question of what I, I like to look at instead of like positive and negative or good or bad, I'm like, what's serving me and what's not serving me? Mm, that's a great and point. is this response serving me and my purpose in this situation? I love attaching to a purpose in a situation. What's my purpose in this relationship? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if it's my kids, my purpose is to help them learn and grow. So what, if I'm helping them learn and grow, what does a response look like? And a lot of times it's hard to make those decisions if I've already been triggered. So that's when I have an opportunity to go back and go, okay, I didn't handle that the way I would have liked. If I know that my purpose is to help them learn and grow, when this happens again, you know, like what, what were the factors going? Well, I was hungry. I was tired here. You know, I was PMSing, like whatever was going on. These are the factors that were pulling me. I'm much more reactive under those circumstances. 
what's, what do I want to do differently next time? And what's going to help me remember to do that mm. when this comes up again? Cause you know, the kids are going to interrupt you while you're trying to cook dinner. You know, like, right, there's things that most of the time you're going to have the same situations arise. You know, somebody's going to cut you off in traffic again. And, you know, do you want to spend the next two minutes yelling and cursing at them? Or, you know, it's, it, it applies in all different situation. So it's the ability to reflect. And that's, that's one of the amazing things about our brain is the ability to reflect on our behavior and on our experience and make different choices. But when we just beat ourselves up over the choices that we've made, it limits, it keeps us in that survival mode and it limits our ability to be creative because you can't actually be creative in survival mode. So you can't find solutions. All you're left with is staring at the problem. Mm, I think that that's true in so many uh, areas, by the way, like um, I just had this conversation the other day about that, how my, for example, my body image has changed so much since I was sick and how um, I just really stopped hating on it. And the fact that it becomes easier to take care of yourself when you don't hate yourself. Like we think the motivation of like, oh, I need to lose five pounds. I need, I need to lose pounds. I need to lose five pounds is help us lose five pounds. But it really doesn't. It just creates a stress. Yes. So it's like the more you stop thinking about it and love yourself and just go, okay, I'm going to do what's right for my body. Probably the five pounds will fall off, <laughs> you know? So it's sort of like that the same concept and it applies to a lot of different areas in our life, not just our creativity and our jobs, but our self-care. Yes. And that's actually why I, um, I've created a a model that I call full life ownership. And it's all about knowing who you want to be, knowing what your vision is of yourself. Because so often I ask people when they first get on a call with me, I'll say, so what, why are we on a call? What are you looking for? And I'll say, well, I don't, I'm, I'm too stressed. I don't want to be reactive. I don't want, uh, to, have this situation. I want less of the, the anxiety. I want all of these things that they don't want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to get out of my own way. Like, but even that, that's that focus on what you don't want. So I say, okay, that's really helpful to know. Now, if you didn't have those things, if they weren't present, what would you have? Mm. And because you have to know what you want. It's that whole idea of you got to know where you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. You want to know what you want, who you want to be, and believe that you can be that person. Believe that you can enjoy your life because that's that's where we stop. We don't actually go there if you don't believe that you can have what you want. If you believe that, well, I am a, a negative person, mm-hmm. you know, or I am a, this person. Like I'm always late. I'm all the labels that you put on yourself. If you're not being that person first. You can't actually do the things. Like everybody's like, well, I'm, if I do this, then I'll have that. And then I will be this person. Right. It doesn't work the opposite like that. Way, right. the opposite way. You've got to be the person that has the things and does the work. It flows in that direction. And so you have to know what you want. And then you have to be willing to create a plan to get there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people are so afraid that because our society puts this emphasis on the outcome, mm-hmm. that the doings and success and, and whether you're, you're doing well or all of our value gets placed on the doings and the success of the doings. 
And so it's really important to know that you're intrinsically valuable. Mm-hmm. No matter what the outcome is, you can learn from that and you can grow. There's a lot of talk about like um, growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And it's that growth mindset of knowing that you can always improve. Life is a journey, not a destination. So your value isn't on what you do. It's on who you are. Mm-hmm. And so know who you want to be. Be willing to make a plan knowing that even if the plan doesn't work out the way you expect, it will still move you forward as long as you're taking action. And then the third component is being able to manage your mindset, being able to look at the thoughts that you have because the thoughts are where the action flows from. Mm -hmm. So a vision of who you are and who you want to be, the strategy, the plan to take action, to move forward, what that, you know, a plan of the stair steps you're building. And then the, the action that flows from the thoughts that you have, you know, the trigger that, that gives you, you get triggered, you have this thought, oh, I'm not good enough. And then you shut down, you don't actually take action. Even if you have a plan, even if you know what you want, you don't take action. So you've got to be able to go, okay, have that conversation with that inner critic and go, all right, well, how true is it that I'm not really good enough? to do this or to have this or to be this. Well, right. That's not true. That's just the way I'm interpreting this person. It's what they're saying because it's a, what they say is about them. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. What, what, what you see is all about your filter. If you're seeing through a blue filter, you're not going to see the blue things. They're going to fade into the background, but you're going to notice the green thing over there, which how green is that really? If I'm looking through a blue filter. Right. Right. Yeah. So when the more you know the what you perceive, the more you can choose how you act and the more you can get what you want because what you the way you engage determines what you get back. Yeah. And what a beautiful thing that you help women step through this because man, it just even listening to it, I go, Oh my God, it's so much work. You know, (laughs) but the thing is if you want it badly enough you know, it could really change your life. Yeah. Well, if it were easy, everybody would do it. Oh, that's what my mother always says. Shout out to mom. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and that's the thing that it really, it's easier to stay in our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It's easier to stay complacent and just do what we've always done, which is based in, I mean, and that's even based in biology. Like Mm -hmm. our, we have cellular memory, um, that, that, influence the way our hormones fire, which influences the way we experience the world. So our brain has an amazing capacity to shift those things. But if you want something different, you have to be willing to do something different. Right. And because it's so difficult, like I said before, for us to just do it on our own, like it sounds so easy, but you can't just wake up and be different. You just can't. No. And and this is where it really is tricky because there's so much information out there where people are like, I woke up one day and I just, and and I realized this thing. And now I'm going to tell you the, the five steps to, to do the same thing. And it's like, well, that was great that it worked for you. And you may be able to get a lot of value from hearing other people's journeys that can be very helpful, but it's also really important to know that you are unique Mm-hmm. And what you bring to the table is, is valuable and special, and it doesn't fit in somebody else's rules. It's, mm. it's the way you do it, who you are, all the things that, you know, are you a, a morning person or an evening person? You know, all these people, like the, the 
morning routine, you know, right first thing in the morning, all that. If you're not a morning person, you know, if that doesn't work for you, you might be able to cultivate that, but you could also look at a way of harnessing the, the, the path of least resistance, right? Your own cycle to, to be able to be most effective and most productive, you know, like, so what works for somebody else may not work for you. Yeah. And I think to go through that also to go through the noise a little bit, like, well, you see, you see stuff online, like, you know, for meditation and gratitude and this, and I, I'm a huge believer in it. There's two chapters in my book dedicated to it. So I'm a huge believer in it, but I talk so much about like, do it the way you want to do it. Like, you know, I like to meditate one minute a day in the shower because it's the only place that my children leave me the hell alone. And <laughs> yes. I have quiet sometimes. And, you know, it's it doesn't have to look like a half an hour sitting on your meditation cushion with fills around you. And if it, do, it does look at that, that's awesome also. But like, you know, just to be able to go, okay, what's the path of least resistance for me? I think especially when you're first starting in a journey like this to say, okay, well, what can I do to make this easy on me to make it a habit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's all about building stepping stones rather than trying to jump to the top of the mountain. And that's so often where people get stuck is they're trying to jump and they either look up at the top of the mountain and they go, I can't get there. Mm-hmm. And they, or they, um, or they try, keep trying to jump and keep reaffirming to themselves that they can't do it. Mm-hmm. And so it really, it's all about, um, one of the reasons I look at, well, what do you want? What the, how do you want to experience life? Okay, well, let's build stepping stones that resonate with that instead of this goal that isn't in resonance. So a lot of times people say, well, like you mentioned the, the body image stuff. Well, I want to lose 15 pounds. Well, if you lose 15 pounds, how will you feel? Mm. Well, I will feel strong and capable in my body. Awesome. Okay. So no wonder you're not following through on going to the gym three times a day or three times a week or whatever it is. You know, of course you're not doing that because every time you go to the gym, you're feeling exhausted, you're feeling depleted, you're feeling brought down and you don't feel feel less and less strong and capable in your body. So So you're not doing that. Right. It's pulling you further away from your actual goal, which is how you'll feel. So when I build the stepping stones with a client, it's all about creating an alignment between the way you want to be, the way you want to experience life, the true goal of how you'll feel in your life, right. your experience of life, and the, the strategies that will help you move forward. And you can set goals, but they're really, they're the strategies, you know? So I'm going to, you know, with this one client that I was working with who that was actually her thing was, I want to feel strong and capable in our body. She, she was, um, not taking action. And it was like, okay, so what would be something that would help you connect to that? We realized there was a disconnect with her body. She didn't like her body. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's another part of it. You want to feel strong and capable in your body. Right. You also want, want to spend time with people you like. Like nobody goes out of their way to spend time with someone they don't like. Right. So if you don't so like yourself. If you don't like yourself, why would you spend time exercising and taking care of your body? Like you're not going to do that. Right. So it was, okay. So getting up in the morning and, and checking in. Okay, body, what do you need today? Where do you mm-hmm. feel achy? All right. I'm going to stretch that. I'm going to stretch that and actually like reconnecting to her physical self and establishing a relationship 
with her body again, such that she actually wanted to spend time with it. And she was slowly moving towards this, this goal of going to the gym several times a week. Mm-hmm. And, and actually that ended up not being a hundred percent what she wanted to do. You know, it was more like going for bike rides that felt more aligned for her because that was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it, it, when you build stepping stones, there are these components of really connecting with who you want to be and what are the, what are the things standing in your way from being that person? And it's hard to do that on your own, honestly. I mean, that's why coaches have coaches. These are things <laughs> I didn't. I didn't wake up in the morning and think, "Oh gosh, you know, I'm uh, I'm going to change my life and I'm going to be an entrepreneur and it's going to be amazing." I mean, honestly, it's taken me years to mm-hmm. like when I first stepped into entrepreneurship. I totally all my coaching, training, and knowledge about self and being aligned and all that went completely out the window. I panicked and I hired a, a business coach who was not aligned for me, who told me how to do things her way. And mm. I spent a year, um, and I learned a lot. Like, so it, I, it did have value ultimately, but, um, it didn't move me forward as well as it might have had I been more aligned with the process. I, it was painful. It was, it was just really it was not me. <laughs> so, uh, but after that year and realizing and getting, finally getting that lesson of, oh, <laughs> right, alignment and taking action because I had that lack mindset. Well, I don't want to waste time and money. I only have so much time and so much money to make this happen. And so I have to find the right thing because if I don't find the right thing, then it's all over. And after that year, I was like, well, I spent a lot of time a year. And I spent a lot of money, several thousand dollars on this business coach. And I don't really have any clients. Mm. And if I spent that much time and that much money and, you know, here I am telling myself the story, you know, I only have so much time and so much money, but how true was that last year? Right. Right. (laughs) Like if it wasn't true last year, how true is it now? Maybe it's a little bit more true because I don't have as much as I did, but it's still a story. If it was a story then, then it's a story now. Mm-hmm. So what do I want to do with it? And that's when I leaned into starting to do what felt in resonance with me. But it, like I said, it's not like I woke up one day and suddenly it all came together. It was like, I spent a year and right. then I spent another year building from a more aligned space. Um, and, and, and then another year refining that. And now yeah, and I, I think that that's part of the biggest problem is we want, we are living in an age of instant gratification. Yes. So we want, we want to know right now. And I would imagine that even if you do, even if somebody called you right now and was like, okay, you know, I have a pretty good idea of who I want to be. I have a pretty good idea of where I want to go. And I need you to just help me kind of refine that. I would imagine that once people start doing a lot of the self-discovery that those paths change. It does sometimes, for sure. Um, you realize places where you aren't in alignment. You realize places where you're stuck. I had um, one client who had some some big life shifts that impacted the way she, what she thought her story was to her audience. Mm-hmm. And she needed to do some video and she wasn't doing it. She's like, I'm not making time for this. Mm. Just not making time. I've got to get better with my time allocation because I just, I'm not making time for it. And as we dug in, it was like, well, no, she's afraid of doing the videos because 
doing these videos, she will be sharing with her audience that she's not the person or, you know, the thought is that they're going to reject her, that she's going to be, they're going to think that she was lying the whole time because she's basically saying, no, I, this life, this major life shift happened and it's not my, my message. It's still the same message really, but that people are going to perceive her differently. And Mm. so of course she wasn't making time for it. So, so oftentimes we, we, we blame time and we blame money for the things that we're not doing when it, it comes down to the subconscious story that we're telling ourselves about what something means or what is going to happen. And again, like oftentimes we know that there's a fear there, but sometimes we don't even realize that the fear is there and that's, what's causing the resistance. We see these other scapegoats, these red herrings in our life that we can blame. And it's so easy because honestly, as a mom, we have all the very best excuses. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> they're they're amazing excuses. Like if I were going to be like, yes, go with that excuse, then <laughs> yeah, this is something I definitely dug up in my life when there's things that I have to do, quote unquote, and I keep pushing them off and pushing them off. And I finally go, all right, well, what is what is it? Why don't I want to do it? Because mm-hmm. like, the truth is, if I wanted to do something, I do it asap. Yeah. So if I'm not not doing doing it, why? Why am I not doing it? And that's, you know, that that self-reflection is not always easy. It's it's, you know, this is why I think it's just so great to have a coach. And I'm I'm so glad that you sort of explain that process because I still think that life coaching is uh, a curiosity for some people. They're still a little unsure about how it's different than therapy and what a coach actually does. So th- thank you for clearing all of that up. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's I mean, it, it is, I see it all the time. Of, and when I get on a call, we'll talk about the difference. Cause a lot of times I work with people who have worked with therapists before mm-hmm. they've worked with therapists and they worked with business coaches before. And they're like, I it's, I'm still, I'm getting stuck somewhere. I've done so much work and I'm not really sure why I'm still stuck. And honestly, I had the same thing. I've, I have done so much self-work. I've done, um, lots of therapy and, and support groups and all sorts of things. And, it helped me manage my life better so much. Like I was able to deal with a lot of past stuff that was getting in my way. The thing is that what I didn't have was how do I move forward? How do I step into who, again, who do I want to be and navigate the blocks that are in my way as I move forward? So what coaching is, we don't do a lot of looking in the past. We don't do a lot of looking backwards. It's very much about how do I move forwards? What are the obstacles in my way? Knowing that any external obstacle is navigatable, and if you're not navigating it, then there's an internal obstacle that we need to address. There's some thought behind why you're not taking action, and what is it, and what do you want to do differently, and and that's and that's also the difference between what I do and a lot of people who use the term coach, business coach, um, things like that is. It's very much about what's working for you, not about me telling you what to do because my way is not necessarily your way. So it's all about unlocking you and your way and helping you ask those questions to take you deeper than you would normally go on your own to find the answers, to unlock that inner wisdom that we all have. It's just hard to access sometimes. Mm, yeah. I appreciate you sharing all that information. And let me ask you for people that are listening to this and it resonates with them, where can they find you? 
You can find me uh, at theunlimitedmom.com and all the different social media outlets at uh, just as The Unlimited Mom. Awesome. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today, Valerie. I so appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.